Welcome and thanks again for choosing to meet with us online this morning. First of all, I do want to say Facebook was having some unprecedented levels of traffic last week. So if you are having buffering issues, we found that if you wait until the service is over and play it back, it should play a little more smoothly. We'll try to continue watching the comments throughout the day so we can continue to interact with you, whether you watch the video live with us now or uh, throughout the rest of the day. I also want to preview for you a possibility of a, of a new way to gather next week. We're still working out the details, so be watching for another announcement coming early next week. But we're thinking about having a drive-in service next week in addition to our online pre-recorded service. So you'll be able to choose which way you want to interact with us. Like I said, we're still working out some of the details on that, but I wanted to mention it to you so you can start thinking about it and watch out for that future announcement to see if we can gather together in our vehicles and have church that way. Also this week, Greg and Taylor came in and we were able to record them. So we're going to be able to add a little bit of worship time to our service this morning. So uh, we're going to start with a song and then we'll hear from Dan.
has triumphed mightily. He's the victor over darkness and the grave. He has broken chains, bound us. He has set the prisoner free. By his own great mercy, I say. And uh, welcome to Fur Road Christian Church. Uh, for those of you who are normally at our church building on Sunday mornings, I just want to say I miss you guys, miss seeing your faces. Uh, I feel bad for you guys that you have to look at my face uh, all the time. That's kind of cruel and unusual punishment. So thank you for hanging there in there with me. We're in week two of the online church model. And, and let me explain for those who aren't normally with us what we've been doing uh, throughout this year. We've been going through something called Core 52. And uh, Mark Moore wrote this book. And what it does, it goes through 52 core principles of the Bible and just kind of breaks those down and, and just helps us to have a better understanding of the Bible and, and the things in it. So uh, within this year-long Core 52 series, we've been doing some mini-series within the, the bigger series. Our current series has been called Hidden Hope, and today our message is called Hope in Rejection. And so uh, it might seem like kind of a strange title. Hopefully it'll make sense as we go along here. Uh, let me ask you guys, have you ever felt rejected? You know, maybe it was a, a guy or a girl that, that you were really interested in and, and they didn't feel the same way about you. Maybe you felt, you felt rejected by family or friends. Maybe it's a job that you really wanted and, and, and you didn't get it. Um, I, I remember one time in college, I applied for a, a job at a camp called Camp Canica. It was a Christian camp and uh, they hire a lot of uh, college students for counselors and, and I, I was pretty confident that I was going to get the job, and, and uh, they called me back and, and said, uh, you know what, you didn't get the job, and, and they even said, you know, I, I don't think you know if you really want this job, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I did want this job. I, I thought it would be great, but uh, they weren't going along with that, so I felt that rejection. You know, Jesus faced all kinds of rejection here on this earth. In fact, most of his own people, the Jewish people, rejected him. The, the Jewish religious leaders said, this is not the Messiah we've been waiting for. We, we need to get rid of this guy. Each week in our Core 52 series, we, we've, we've had a memory verse. And, and for uh, our Fur Road people, I've encouraged you to, to memorize that verse each week. And I can encourage you to continue uh, going through that memory verse. Our memory verse this week comes from Psalm 118.22. It's, it's on the bottom of your screen, and so let's say it together, just like we would normally. Are you ready? Here we go. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, Psalm 118.22. Here's the quick version of what this is all talking about. The stone that would be rejected is Jesus, uh, but Jesus would actually 
become the perfect, strong foundation for everyone who follows him. He is the cornerstone. And Jesus himself would refer back to this, this Old Testament verse. And others would too. The apostle Peter would refer back to this verse. The apostle Paul would refer back to this verse as well. This is an important prophecy in Scripture because this is a foundational concept of Christianity. So let's talk about the cornerstone in a building. The cornerstone it is the first stone that is set in the construction of a masonry foundation, and, and all the other stones are uh, uh, built in reference to this first one. If, if you get this right, then the rest of the building is going to be right. Uh, it, it will be straight, it will be strong. If you get this wrong, even a little bit, if it's not quite level, if things are just out of whack a little bit, th then it's going to be out, out of kilter. The whole building is. And the, and the higher it gets, the, the worse it will be. And so it will lean, it, it won't be as strong. Uh, eventually the, the building could fail and collapse. You know, you've heard the phrase, uh, measure once, measure twice, uh, cut once. Uh, th this would be more like, you need to measure this 10 times to make sure that you get this right at the start of a building. Jesus is the perfect foundation in our lives. But so many have rejected him. Back then, he was rejected. Still today, people rejected him. And, and maybe you are one of those people. At some point in your life, you have rejected Jesus. You decided, you know, that you had a better way. Uh, maybe some of you are there right now. Jesus told a story about his own rejection. And we call these stories parables. And, and this, this parable is about a, a vineyard. And now usually when Jesus told parables, the meaning was not evident right away. Okay, People you know, would go away thinking, well, what was he trying to say in that story? But the meaning of this parable would kind of hit the hearers of the story right, right in the head. I mean, it would hit him like a ton of bricks. This was different. They knew what he was trying to say because he was telling this story specifically for the religious leaders who were rejecting him. So let me tell you a little bit of the story. Uh, there was a landowner, and he rented out his vineyard to, to some tenants. And, and so they grew the crop, and, and uh, the grapes, they, they worked with them, and it, it came time for harvest. And so the landowner said, okay, I'm going to send some workers uh, some servants to go collect the harvest. And so he sent these, these workers. The tenants saw them coming and said, hey, let's get rid of these guys and we'll just be able to keep the harvest for ourselves. And so they killed one, they, they stoned one, they beat one. And, and, and so they thought, oh, this is great. The landowner gets word of this and he says, I'm going to send even more workers to go collect my crop. And so he sends some more and they did the same thing again. Laying over gets word again, okay, what am I going to do? I need to get my crop. And so he says, oh, you know what? If I send my son, then everything's going to be okay. Then they'll respect him. They'll say, okay, this is his son. So they sent him, but they killed the son too. And they thought, you know what? Uh, if we kill the son, we'll, we'll get his inheritance. This is going to be ours. Now Jesus said to the crowd, okay, so what do you think? The landowner is going to do to these tenants and and the the crowd the religious leaders they said oh he's going to take care of them he'll, he'll kill them you know they deserve it those terrible people and he's going to rent that land to other tenants they'll get what they deserve and, and at that point jesus had them right where 
he wanted them. Let me pick up the story from there. It's in Matthew 21, 42 through 46, if you want to follow along in your Bibles. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruits. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. You know, I just picture the, the faces of these guys when they realized what Jesus had done. They probably kind of got red in the face and, and, and clenched their fists and, and got angry and, and he realized that, you know, he sucked them into the story and, and then he kind of dropped the hammer on them. But it didn't change their hearts. In fact, it probably made them want him gone even more. Okay, they kind of doubled down on the things. How dare he talk about us like that? How, how dare he tell the truth, really? Looking back, the, the servants or the, or the workers in the, in the parable that, that came to collect the harvest, they represented the prophets in the Old Testament who, who were often mistreated and even killed. And, and of course, the assassinated son represented Jesus himself. And, and this story actually exposed the plot to murder Jesus. And of course, later it would happen just as Jesus said it would. You know, have you ever been busted by a story you told or, or something you did uh, and there was just really no denying it? Recently, we installed some security cameras at our church and, and uh, we've been able to kind of keep track of things that are going on around the church. And, and uh, one day we noticed that there were, the cameras picked up a car across the street from the church. We have a gravel parking lot, and the, the car was doing donuts uh, around the parking lot. And, and uh, we were able to see kind of the make of the car, what color it was. We saw it was three young people, but we couldn't get the license plate or anything. A couple weeks later, uh, I was at my house, which is just across from the, the parking lot, and I saw these boys out, out there again doing donuts in the parking lot, and they were really getting into it this time. They got brave, and this was in the middle of the day, and so I got in my truck, and I went and pulled right in front of them, and, and uh, they rolled down their windows, and, and I basically said, guys, what are you doing? What, I mean, why are you doing this? And, and uh, they kind of had the, uh, dude, we're just trying to have some fun, man. I said, you can't, you can't do that. This is our, our, our church parking lot. There, there's ruts. We're going to have to clean those up. And, and they said, sorry, man. So we won't do it again. And, um, and, and then I said to him, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen you do this. And we have video cameras and, and we caught you on this before. And, and they kind of had these eyes that got big and they're like, oh, man, we, we are busted. And so I, I put a little fear into them and hopefully they, they won't do it again. These religious leaders known as the, the Sanhedrin, that they knew they had been busted by Jesus in this story. But it didn't change their plans. Okay? Right? If anything, they, they upped the ante. And Jesus Christ knew that he was going to face rejection in the Bible. Okay? That, that was part of the plan. He understood that. And, and, and I told you this message is called Hope Through Rejection. Here's the hope part. Okay? The, the rejection of Jesus would, would ultimately lead to victory okay those who killed him would would not have the last word that that wasn't the end of the story 
his humility would lead to exaltation. You know, two weeks from now, we're, we're going to celebrate his resurrection on Easter Sunday. And, and we don't know quite what that will look like yet as a church, but, but we're going to celebrate. In, in Acts 2, after Jesus had gone back to heaven and, and the Holy Spirit had come down on the disciples, Peter delivered the, the first Christian sermon that we have recorded in Scripture. And here's part of what he said in, in that sermon. Acts 2, verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Then listen to this part, verse 24. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. You see, his death, his humiliation on the cross was just a precursor to his glory and exaltation. And, and that's where our hope comes from. He fulfilled Psalm 118.22. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus has become the foundational building block of Christianity. So what does this mean for us? Okay, how, how do we bring this home for us? Well, there are a lot of stories of rejection in the Bible, but I want to tell what I think is, is the most powerful story of rejection that leads to hope in the Bible. It's simply referred to as the, the woman caught in adultery, and it involved the religious leaders and, and teachers of the law again. Their goal was to, to trap Jesus. And they tried to do this several times. It, it never worked, but they kept trying. And, and they brought in this woman that was caught in adultery uh, to Jesus to see how he would handle it. And so I would say picture a lady with, with her head down, embarrassed, you know, tears streaming down her cheek, maybe not a lot of clothing on. And, and interestingly enough, there, there was not a man involved in this. They didn't bring the man in. He would have been equally guilty. You know, it takes two. But it was a trap. It was a setup. And they said, you know, Jesus, the law of Moses said that we should stone this woman. What, what do you say? And they, they knew Jesus was a man of compassion. They, they were hoping that, that he would go against the, the Jewish laws, which he did but in a way that left them speechless. Jesus did a strange thing. He, he stooped down and began writing with his finger in the dust. Now, we don't know what he said or what, what he wrote. Maybe a list of sins of the accusers. But he eventually said this, If anyone is without sin, let him be the first one to throw a stone at her. And gradually they, they walked away, one, one by one, until it was just Jesus and, and the woman left standing there. And here's what Jesus said at the end of the story. This is John 8, verse 10 and 11. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Wow. That's powerful. That's hope through rejection. We see a glimpse in this story of, of the grace and the mercy of Jesus. He wasn't condoning her sin. 
but he was saying, there is still hope for you. This isn't the end. It's, it's the beginning. And, and here's the thing, friends. 2,000 years later, Jesus has the same message for you and I. Jesus is still saying, you know what? Your past is your past. It, it's not too late. There is no mistake that is too big. I still love you. Maybe you need to hear that message today. He's not saying keep on doing those things. It's, it's no big deal. So, you know, sin is a big deal. Okay? In fact, Jesus died because of sin, right? So, so it's a big deal. But Jesus, just like Jesus would, would resurrect from the dead, he's saying you too can resurrect as a new person in Christ. We have t-shirts uh, at our church that we give to people when they're baptized. And, and they say, made new. And, and you can't see it, but here in the, in the E, it, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old has gone, the new has come. And this is uh, in reference to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I, I just, I think it's so amazing that God promises to make us new again. And, and the offer is for every one of us. And, and then here's another cool thing. Once we are followers of Jesus, we get to be part of the building, the church. Okay, He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. But we are the building blocks. The Apostle Peter talks about this in, in uh, 1 Peter 2, 4-5. through 5. He says, You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but He was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. Did you catch that? God is the cornerstone. We are the living stones. We are part of the building. And we all can stand on and be a part of the foundation of Jesus Christ. And this is a huge blessing, but it's also a huge responsibility. God wants to use us. You guys remember the game Jenga? And, and uh, we have uh, kind of Jenga on steroids here. And, you know, when you play the game, you, you normally start at the top and you want to kind of work your way down and, and you're fine okay this is this is the top of the building but but what you don't want to do is get down to the foundation of, of the blocks because that's gonna make the whole thing tumble and so um, I don't know if you can quite see the bottom of this but I'm gonna start taking out the the bottom the foundation So there's one piece out of the foundation. Now I'm going to take the other piece. And it's getting wobbly. And now if I take out this back piece, the whole thing goes down. That was loud. It kind of scared me. Jesus is the foundational block that we can stand on. He's the cornerstone. He's rejected by many, but glorified through His victory on the cross. Hope through rejection. One more story. Back when the Old West was settled, uh, pioneers, they, they flocked across the country to, to California and Oregon. In one particular spot on the eastern slopes of the Rockies, there was a, a large dirt-covered rock protruding in the middle of the trail. 
and wagon wheels were, were broken on it and men tripped over it. And finally someone dug up this odd stone and, and rolled, it, rolled it off the, the trail into a nearby stream. And the stream was too wide to, to jump over, but, but people used the, the stone as a step to, to get across the creek. And it was used for years until finally one settler built a cabin near the stream and he moved the, this stone out of the stream, placed it in the cabin to serve as a doorstop. As years passed, railroads were built and towns sprang up and the old settler's grandson went east to study geology. And on a visit to his grandfather's cabin, the grandson happened to examine the old lump of stone and discovered within that lump of dirt and rock was the largest pure gold nugget ever discovered on the eastern slope of the Rockies. It had been there for three generations and people never recognized its value. To some, it was a stumbling stone to be removed. To others, it was a, a stepping stone. And to others, it was just a, a heavy rock used to block a door. But only the grandson saw it for what it really was, a lump of pure gold. Friends, Jesus is the precious rock God has given us to be the cornerstone of our lives. He's worth far more than gold. And he's always been there. And he always will be there. Will you come to the, the rock that is Jesus today? Are, are you ready to, to build your life upon Him? Are you ready to let Him be your cornerstone? Oh, we'd sure love to talk to you if that's where you're at right now. If you're ready for that next step. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You that we can look at your word and study it and, and just see how it all fits together that, that Psalms leads to the New Testament and ties all together. But we, we thank you for the fulfillment that Jesus was of Scripture. We thank you that he is the cornerstone. And I pray that every one of us will, will let him be the, the cornerstone, the rock of our lives. We thank you for your love for us. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In a few minutes, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. We're separated by physical distance, but joined together in spirit. And we're going to listen to a song, and, and then we'll, we'll take it together as a family. During this song, if you want to gather some bread and, and some juice to, to symbolize Jesus' body and, and blood that was shed, that would be great. But let's, uh, let's listen to the song now as we uh, prepare our hearts to take the Lord's Supper together. Well, this has been an experiment uh, recording uh, music for Sunday. I'm honestly not comfortable doing this, but I felt like the Lord uh, was leading us to, to try this, and we may change some things up. Uh, I appreciate Taylor for coming and, and singing with me tonight, and I may call on others of you. Uh, thanks to Jordan for uh, setting up this recording and getting it done. We live in a very odd time right now. I don't think... Um, anything like this has ever happened. Anybody I've talked to has never heard of anything like this. So we're learning as we go. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's some fear. And I felt led to, to do this song as a special uh, because the scripture is perfect and it's a scripture song. It's Psalm 91. So I'm going to do that for you. Free. 
talked about rejection today none of us like rejection it's it's no fun but but sometimes in the long run it was it was the best thing for us that we faced rejection we were rejected for one job but we ended up getting a another job that was way better for us or we were rejected by a, a boy or a girl but we found that we were way better off because we found somebody else maybe we even got married to that person but compared to Jesus I don't think any of us truly understand what rejection is all about he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, we are the ones that did wrong, but he paid the price for us. But his rejection and his death, they were, they were short-lived as we look back, and, and the victory is forever. His rejection is actually the best thing that ever could have happened to humanity. You know, during the last week of Jesus' life, he, he gathered together with his disciples and he was going to give them some instructions, and they were going to eat the, the Jewish Passover meal together. And we call it the Last Supper. And in Matthew 26, 26, it says, while, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Let's take this bread now together, uh, representing the broken body. Of Jesus. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take this juice together now that represents his blood poured out for each of us. We thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for us. Thank you for dying for us. Amen. God is good, isn't he? So amazing. And hey, we're getting used to kind of this social distancing thing. Maybe hey, let's do a little air high five to God, maybe an air fist bump, a whatever, an elbow thing. Let's do that right now. Thank you, God. Whatever you want to do. Okay, did you say it? Now, normally at this point in the service, we take an offering, and obviously we can't do that right now, but we, we wanted to use this time to remind you that our, our giving is a, an important part of worship. And then from a practical standpoint as a church, 
Uh, if a lot of people don't give during this time of not being able to meet together, uh, we're really going to feel the effects of it. And so we're a smaller church, and, and every dollar counts. And so uh, uh, enough on that. We just want to mention that. You can give in a couple ways. You can give online through our website, forroadcc.org. We had a couple new people do this uh, this last week. We'd be glad to help you set that up if you need some help. Uh, I've been given that way for a couple years, and it's worked out great. And you, Or you can also drop a check in the mail. Uh, you can send it to Furrowed Christian Church, 6025 County Road 303, Carl Junction, Missouri, 64834. Um, we'd be glad to come pick a check up from you if that would be helpful. But thank you uh, for your giving. We're so thankful that you have joined us online here today. We're, we're going to sing a couple more songs together, and uh, uh, you're welcome to stick around that for that if you'd like to, but we're thankful that you were a part of our service, and uh, after those songs, that will be the end of our ser service. So God bless you, and uh, let's serve him well this week.
mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. 
far away, rising heat justified.